Hey guys, it's Dom. <laughs> hey Dom. Wasteland Anime. Hey, hey Nathaniel. Hey, what's hey. up, bro? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> this is what it is. Wasteland Anime. You know it. You love it. Yes. All five of you out there, uh, as we have figured out. Uh, we're back. We're we're here, uh, dick deep in our Studio Ghibli marathon. Mm, it uh, continues. We'll be, yeah, we'll be talking about a few uh, Ghibli. <clears throat> Ghibli joints today mm-hmm. uh, but before we get into that anything new going on with you or are you and the lady watching anything um well we did uh, I mean the listeners out there would have no idea one because we just I uh, put I put out these podcasts whenever I guess I feel like it uh, so you wouldn't know what our schedule I mean right now this might we might be recording this in 2015 for all you know um, but we did skip a week because despite my best efforts, uh, I did catch the coronavirus, mm. uh, the Chinese virus, as some might say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, I'm so surprised that never caught on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, put me out of commission for a week. Uh, my girlfriend got it first and then I got it from her. So it wasn't really my fault. I'm not counting this one. Um, nor should you, this is a classic Adam and Eve type situation where Eve fucked up first and then she corrupted Adam. So yeah, we're getting real Um, biblical. But yeah, so we were kind of bedridden for about a week. Didn't really feel up to sitting at the couch and watching things. So had a whole week of not really watching much. And then we've just been kind of catching up on stuff now that we're both feeling better. Uh, obviously, uh, the rehearsal has mm. been something we've been uh, eager to dive into and devoured episode one. Obviously, episode two just came out. We watched that uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, other than that, not much. Just kind of like, poking around with other dumb stuff, catching up on some like video game stuff that we've been wanting to play. Uh, there is a game on PlayStation 5 and on PC, but I know you don't have a PC, uh, <clears throat> called Stray, where you get to be a cat. What? Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, it, it's been making the rounds uh, a lot on social media. People are really <laughs> getting into it. But yeah, you're basically, I mean... It sucks that it's not, uh, for you at least, um, available on Xbox just because one, you're a cat, and two, you are in this like run-down cyberpunk world. So you're literally a little orange cat. That's everything I want. And you're an orange cat. Mm, Um, I got an orange cat. Yeah. So you're this little cat in a post-apocalyptic, or not post-apocalyptic, well, you're basically in this, yeah, rundown cyberpunk world that's inhabited by these little robot people. Um, and you have like a little robot buddy that flies around with you. Uh, Hell yeah. And you're just running around, like figuring out what happened in the world and getting up to cat hijinks. You can knock stuff off of, uh, off of ledges and mess with people. Uh, but it's, it's very, uh, yeah, it's it's one of the most uh, beautiful games, uh, at least on the PS5 right now. Uh, wow! Graphically, 
uh, and just in terms of art design, it's very, very impressive for a, a first time team. This is the first game they ever put out. And it just I'm came- looking at I'm looking at like fan art and whatnot on mm. Twitter right now. Uh, it looks fun. I'm looking there. There mm. seems like wait a minute. Uh, like, are there the robot people? Do they have like little rice hats? Those little. So, I mean, they're they're all dressed up in weird little mm. like outfits. Some of them have wacky hats. Uh, some of them are like wrapped up in blankets. And there's also a little meme here that has a picture of Elden Ring, and it said kids had their fun already. And then below it is Stray, and it mm. says now it's real men's turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. It looks fun. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's great fun. I think we're close to the end. It's not like a super long, massive game or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know the terms of the deal or anything, so I have no idea if it's going to like <clears throat> come to Xbox at some point. Well, Probably I mean, not. since you're almost done, I don't understand why you can't like ship your PS5 to ah, me, right? And then I can just play it, and then I can let you know what I think. Yeah, I, I don't want you to catch COVID from the PS5, though. I mean, we wipe it down with horse tranquilizers mm, first, like true. Just pack the PS5 in a box of horse tranquilizers and ship it over to me. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's. I mean, we should start doing that more, just because. Uh, that's how it was in the old days. You know, you just, uh, when you're going over to your friend's house for the weekend, you just like grab your N64. Your, yeah. Your and entire, uh, gaming system. That It was, it was easier back then. That's that stuff you could just toss around. You would think, wait, no, I mean, it's not easier. It wasn't easier back then. Cause there are so hmm. many cords. Now <laughs> it's way easier. You have the HDMI cord. Yeah, and, and everyone just, just has to, like, an HDMI cord at their Oh yeah. No. So you don't even and need then to, you just have to connect to wireless. That's it. So yeah, because I, I guess I wouldn't feel I would probably toss an N64 across mm. a carpeted like living room. I don't know that I would do that with no. <laughs> my PS5. I, it'd be too heavy. It's like 18 oh, sure. times heavier than a N64. You saying that just reminded me of like the first time I think I went over to a friend's house to play like Halo, of course. And Mm -hmm. I grabbed my 360 at the time and we had to like get this long ass fucking um, cable and there was all the shit that and it was me and my brother and we were going like late at night to go do this. And it was like a big event where it was like a bunch of us at a buddy's house because his parents were out of town. Mine weren't. So if we wanted to like stay out late and like play with all the guys we had to go to his house so we had to bring all of our shit over there and it was it was a massive undertaking mm-hmm. whereas now like like i was just saying one hdmi cord and your system and you're fine so yeah uh yeah definitely i feel like you should do that like just send me your ps5 mm. cool well i'll definitely do that right after we're done recording i hope so i want to play stray um Aside from that, the only thing going on in my world, they had uh, San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Oh, so yeah. all the nerds, all the nerds were uh, in <laughs> one one spot. If anyone wanted to take us all out, that would have been that would have been the best opportunity to drop a bomb on San Diego. But uh, nothing really like monumental dropped. Uh, they talked about uh, Wakanda Forever, the uh, Black Panther sequel. Mm hmm. Uh, that trailer dropped and it was pretty emotional. Good stuff. I I can't wait uh, to see that. They are introducing, 
I know you're not familiar with the character, but I'm going to throw a name out there. Namor, the Submariner. Ever heard of him? No. Just Google what he looks like. Google Namor, the Submariner. All right. Uh, he is Marvel. Like, he's the first quote unquote mutant. Um, oh. he, he's essentially, he's not, but in layman's terms, he would be Marvel's version of Aquaman. Although, instead of being altruistic and like a nice Dudley Do-Right Boy Scout King type person. He is the most dick-headed asshole king who is he he's more of an anti-hero than he is a straight up hero. Okay. And yeah. So, so is, he, int- is he in this new Black Panther? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um and you can actually like look up um Namor Wakanda Forever and you'll see what they have with like what they're um gonna do for him in that movie and they've taken a turn they they they're doing more of an aztec like indigenous Uh, people type type thing i i think i see the yeah him here well yeah because it's yeah because i'm seeing like images of the character from the comics or what Mm -hmm. it looks like and then i'm seeing the guy in the movie and i mean there's a couple different renditions of the character in the comics but yeah it definitely looks different. It does have like an Aztec kind of feel. Yeah. Hmm. So that, I mean, I think that was the biggest news to come out of Comic-Con only because everyone ever since uh, Chad Bozeman's untimely, untimely demise, everyone's been wondering like what the hell they're going to do with this Black Panther sequel since there was this big push to recast T'Challa, Chadwick Bozeman's character, um, and the director, Ryan Coogler, like put his foot down and said, like, we're not recasting the character. The character will not live on in the movies. We're going to go a different route. And everyone was like, all fans were just like, what, what do you mean? How can you not recast his character? He's such an important part of Marvel comics and the MCU right Mm -hmm. now that it doesn't really make sense to end the character there. But yeah, with this trailer, it looks like a pretty, uh, it's just, I, I have all the faith in the world in Ryan Coogler right now after watching that trailer. So we'll see. Um, it looks it looks fun. It looks very emotional. Um, everyone in the movie, it looks like, is doing their best work yet. And uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes next. After, I mean, other than that, I can't really say that there's anything really that interesting coming out of Comic-Con uh, at this point we've seen mostly everything that we never thought we would see. So it's kind of hard to impress geeks right now. You know what I mean? It's kind of like uh, we talked about it after uh, Endgame, where mm-hmm. Endgame was such a spectacle that where do you go from here? And it's not as if that they can't, they can't like still surprise us, but it's going to take a little bit more to surprise us. And like, as of right now, I'm not really that surprised by anything that they mentioned so yeah i mean i'm like not paying attention the slightest but obviously i'm seeing like bits of the news like just on social media and yeah i mean i have not paid attention i mean i barely paid attention to like the original run i was very kind of like in and out but yeah ever since end game it's just sort of like it seems like they're the big thing is like we're going to keep going, but it's just going to be split across like not only movies, but like 
yeah. shit on Disney Plus and yeah. wherever else. And it's just like the amount of time and dedication you would need to like make sure you got your finger on the pulse of everything. It's like, oh my God. I mean, I'm bad enough with <clears throat> just keeping up with movies like even like the movies that i just personally desperately want to see there's definitely not room enough in my life for even just the marvel films let alone 18 different tv series and everything so it's it's not meant to be for for me yeah and even me a comic book geek um as i'm watching it like there's some stuff that hits and then there's some stuff that misses by like a wide margin uh, and some things like you're just getting diminish- diminishing returns on some of these sequels. For instance, I was talking about Thor 11 Thunder. I don't know if it was on this podcast or our other podcast. Shout out Wasteland High. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out if you haven't already. But uh, Thor 4, <coughs> Love and Thunder. Like mm-hmm. that was such like a mishmash of all these different things going on and it was more like a cartoon than anything else. It just wasn't, it wasn't as fun as the last Thor movie, Ragnarok. And it wasn't as entertaining as <clears throat> anything else Thor had been in. It was just sort of, it was sort of just there. Hmm. Like there were moments that were good, but not enough to warrant another Thor movie, you know? So <coughs> that's sort of where we're at with some of these movies where it's just like, I've been watching, I just watched like two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. The first one was good. The second one was not. And uh, what's his name? James Gunn said that the third one will be his last, but they're also coming out with a holiday special and an I Am Groot uh, series or some shit. I don't. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know that I need that. You know, I you can so much content. Yeah. You can have these characters come back later. we don't need to know what they've been up to every couple years, just like have their movies. And then when you have like a big Avengers spectacle, like Endgame again, then they can come back. I don't know. It, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. The thing for me is like, <clears throat> it's just so weird. Just, I guess knowing like how much money, like, okay. Cause like Marvel has, all these fucking pro- well, you know Disney, mm-hmm. but Marvel has all these film and television properties and uh, projects that they have on the slate, like a billion things that could employ. I don't even know how many hundreds or thousands of people, and it's like yeah. you and all those hundreds of thousands of people are film industry talent and creatives. So it's like you have you're just taking this giant slew of industry people who could be doing other things but they're all doing this but then it's like at the same time well just because they're not doing marvel stuff doesn't mean they're gonna get also yeah that they're gonna get the money to do the original projects that they want to do so it's just it's this whole weird like thing where it's just i don't know there's no well, I don't know. I mean, look at like Chloe Zhao. She she was doing her mm-hmm. own thing. Then she did yeah. a big Marvel movie. And now <clears throat> she's still going to be doing her own thing. Uh, same thing with Taika. We spoke yeah. about him previously. You're not you're not like a big fan of his, but 
I've watched a few of his series that are on television, like what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. fucking marvelous, fantastic. I highly recommend that. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like his Jojo rabbit movie, which was heartbreaking and funny and poignant and all that stuff. Like he's still getting to do his own shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, like him being able to like fall in line with the Marvel Disney sort of uh, regiment and doing what it takes to do these movies that only bolsters his star power. Same thing with James Gunn. Like mm-hmm. before Guardians, he was like a small little indie director. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it, you you're definitely right in terms of like <clears throat> these writer and director types like it's it's weird that yeah, like Marvel and Star Wars are like the way Unfortunately, for, for, yeah, for, that's it's like it right this now. is kind of like I don't know. Is is this like this is just the stepping stone that every indie director needs to take to it's be nuts, able to do it? whatever they want to do? It's it's a little like they have scary. to sell out for like a movie or two, and yeah. then they get to go back and like really do what they want. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's it would be hard for anyone to turn down like if you're an indie filmmaker to turn down uh, millions of dollars to do some right. project, but then you're like, kind of like, I wonder if, if any of them think like, Oh, I'll just do this one thing. And then like Disney gets their hooks in you and you like, can't escape the, the machine. I don't know. Well, I mean, Ramy, he was in <clears throat> and out, you know, he did mm-hmm. the last, uh, Dr. Strange and he's not doing another. He even said like, I, I don't even know that I've seen an MCU movie <laughs> before he like directed yeah. Dr. Strange and yeah. multiverse of badness. So, I don't know. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like it's a necessary evil right now. Um, That being said, they, I mean, I know you said like, there's so many things that they have like down the pipeline that are taking all these industry people and like shoving them into this and that. And even I said that I wasn't even sure about a lot of these characters right now and how they have diminishing returns, but there are the other side to that is like, they are doing things that coming up are going, I don't know, man. Like, I think on one hand it may like, like shove some new like lifeblood into this entire Marvel franchise Mm -hmm. that is sort of like dwindling. But at the same time, it's also more of the same. Like right now, the big thing on the precipice of all of Marvel, Disney and whatnot is uh, the Mm X-Men because Fox owned the X-Men for the last 23 years or so. And now that they don't, Marvel is slowly like putting mutants back in a shit. They're like, mm. that's going to be their next big thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I guess the thing that I keep thinking about just from my perspective as like pretty much a complete outsider to all the content they're putting out. And this goes for Marvel and like Star Wars stuff, since that is just like the big thing that's just and i know i I, I know you don't get into the star wars stuff that's i I feel like that's my that's my thing is like but yeah i'm all about marvel but no star wars no yeah yeah, yeah. but but i'm just saying in terms of like it just feels like every weekend there's a new marvel or star wars like tv show yeah coming out and there's more movies it seems like from marvel than there are star wars movies but either way like between tv and film 
for just everything Disney's putting out. It's just like, I feel like for the most part, like I'm just getting reactions and it seems like Mm. every time one of these new shows drops, it's like, it just feels like for every single show or movie or whatever, it's like people are like, all right, so hear me out. It was okay. There was like two moments that were like really cool. And I'm like, wow, this is what we're like. This is what it's all for is like for two moments, like best case scenario that everyone gets to feel warm and fuzzy about for like, you saw Anakin and Luke or uh, whatever the fuck their names are. Like, handshake each other like at the in the finale it's like i don't know man it, yeah it's just it feels like that's what it's all for is like millions and billions of dollars spent so fans can <clears throat> maybe again, be like it was okay is it like when when you're getting these reactions i feel like it's guys like us in our 30s you know yeah it's not the children in the seats that are awestruck who right. like they're watching these cartoons or they're reading the comics and then they get to go to the movies. Like I can't imagine being 11 or 10 and going to the movies and seeing these characters like interact with the way that they are now. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a kid, the best we got was that first X-Men movie from Brian Singer. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't know that there's like, I think those it, it's like both ends of the extreme because like when we were growing up, it really was nothing until right. you got like the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man right, right, and you're like, right. whoa, I have something crazy that I can look forward to. And I, I feel like if you're 10 or 11 right now, it's like, okay, take your pick between 80,000 <laughs> fucking things that you can just yeah. watch anytime. They have an embarrassment of riches right now. And I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do if I, if I was a kid amidst just a fucking torrent of every type of nerd culture. It's a nerd's paradise right thing. now. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I it's mean, wild. Speaking of which, uh, the Dragon Ball Super movie, it's coming out next month in the States. Like, because of this big nerd culture boom and anime becoming more widespread, all these kids, they have everything that they could ever want at their fingertips. But I think that that's going to breed more creativity. That's going to breed, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so many more creatives in, <clears throat> in the space that was, like, left empty for so long. Because now these kids are going to see that and they're going to be like, okay, that was cool. Yeah. I've got a different idea, you know? I mean, for sure. A hundred percent. I think that's the best thing about it because like, again, when we were growing up or at least for me and, you know, to bring anime and manga and all that into the conversation. Yeah. The best we had growing up was like, I guess I kind of get what Dragon Ball Z is, but do I get that it's from Japan? Do I really understand right. that? It's, like, or is it just a weird even, cartoon? I, I knew that Pokemon was from Japan. Yeah. You know, I knew that, but I didn't really grasp its like, like real chokehold over the Japanese community and what it was for Americans when it finally hit here. Yeah. So that like when I saw like Pokemon 2000 in the movie theater, or like when I rented it or whatever, when I was a kid, it didn't hit as hard. You know what I'm saying? But like now yeah. kids are like, I mean, the Demon Slayer broke 
all the records, you know, there's shit like that where everything is just, it means so much more, I feel like, to kids and to young adults yeah. than it did back and, in the day. And yeah, and, and that was the best we could hope for was like the absolute biggest of the biggest kind of coming right. over here. But now it's like stuff like, <clears throat> um, you know, you think of like One Piece and you know, like JoJo's and stuff. It's like, those have been around, like, you know, like we've talked about way at, at various points, like JoJo's has been around since like the late eighties and no one in the West had any fucking idea what it was until like right. 2012 or 2013, which is crazy to think about. Um, and now it's like this big thing. Um, and with one piece, maybe more, a few more people knew about it. Cause the, I'm not sure when the anime started or at least coming over here, but yeah, it's just like if you're a kid now, it's like you have literally every single like the most underground mm -hmm. anime and manga that you could ever hope to get. You can find. Whereas in 2005, I'm sure it was like impossible to even figure out what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was in yeah. in the West. Yeah, in 2005, the only anime that kids had at their fingertips was whatever was playing on Toonami. <clears throat> and thank God for Toonami because they brought us uh, Dragon Ball Z. They brought us Inuyasha. They brought us yeah. Full Metal. They brought us uh, all these other hits that, I mean, it only opened our eyes to like a greater landscape, you know? So yeah. there's something to be said for these big, massive hits coming here or these big, massive Disney and Marvel properties being shown ad nauseum because I feel like it breeds, well, it breeds a couple things. It breeds complacency, and but it also breeds like people to think outside of the box. You know, they, <clears throat> they see that and they think, well, I could do that or I could take it a step further and do something more insane. I think uh, a few months ago, I was telling you about, um, there's this DC character, Static Shock, who <clears throat> has been in DC and a part of that universe um, since the early 90s. He was originally from like the Milestone universe, but woven into DC. There's this whole thing. But the current run is being drawn by this guy, Nicholas Draper Ivy, I believe his name is, mm -hmm. uh, who is heavily influenced by manga. So he's illustrating the comic book like a manga. And I feel like you don't, you wouldn't get that were it not for the tsunami of it all. You know mm. what I mean? Like you yeah. have all these influ influences like, like meshing and like bleeding through and just coalescing inside your brain to where like the next thing you do is going to be a mishmash of so many different things. It's, I don't know. It, it's, a good thing and a bad thing, but mostly I think it's a good thing when done right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Cool. All right. Good talk. Good talk. <clears throat> uh, I mean, other than that, you want to want to start talking Ghibli? You want to get into that shit? Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to mention one thing uh, in the. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't even bring it up because it's, oh, it's just bring gonna, it up. it's just going to make you feel not happy inside but oh oh is it chainsaw man related <laughs> yeah i just wanted to give a quick shout out to chainsaw man part two the manga not to mm. be confused with the hit mappa uh tv anime adaptation we've, we've seen none of. uh but 
Yeah, we've already gotten two chapters with the third about to release in like two days. And must be nice. It's I'm yeah, I won't talk about it just because um Dom obviously has no context really for the series and it wouldn't really even make sense to to talk about specifics. But uh, all I'll say uh, is personally I'm loving what it seems like uh Fujimoto is getting up to with what he's like setting up for part two. Um it's it's completely unexpected, and that's like the most expected thing. Mm. That the the unexpected is what I think we all expect, and that's kind of what he's doing with part two. And it's very very exciting to have uh, <laughs> Chainsaw Man back in some way for me, uh, but obviously for <laughs> anime only people, uh, you got to wait for the original thing. Which when, I'm sure when will be I ask you. probably tomorrow or the day after, for sure. Oh, any day now. Any day um, now. Yeah, we, I, I, didn't, I don't want to open the, the Chainsaw Man anime adaptation uh, Pandora's box again. But, um, yep, just want to give a quick shout out to the manga. Um, part two. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Great. Glad, glad to hear it. <laughs> Sounds real fun. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. We're we're all enjoying it out there in the Chainsaw Man (sighs) manga community. Fuck Chainsaw Man. (laughs) Fucking bullshit. I'm I'm not even certain that it's real at this point. Like, (laughs) ah, it's such a joke. Whatever. All right. Let's get into it. The Cat Returns. uh, My Neighbor Totoro. We're back at it again. Talking Ghibli movies. Hit me with your best thoughts. Um, so I'm just curious really quick if, because I can't remember exactly when I let you know I had that I wouldn't be able to record last week. So I'm curious Uh, if you had to read Sunday. Okay. So it was literally a week ago. Yeah. Did you watch these last weekend or did you watched one of them last weekend? Okay. Did you rewatch it or you just left it? at that i uh, didn't rewatch i did watch like some recap videos some reviews okay. that type of stuff Wait, so. can you say which one that was uh no okay no it was the cat returns i watched the cat returns okay. first uh <clears throat> yeah okay and then i watched my neighbor totoro today um do you have a what are you feeling which one do you want to hit first uh let's go the cat returns okay yeah, I, I watched I watched the cat returns this morning mm. and we watched Totoro uh last night. Okay. okay. Um Yeah, cat returns. Um quite short. Yeah. Yeah, um especially since yeah, we've seen a few Ghibli films that are like 2 hours or close to it. Um mm-hmm. I think I'm grateful that this was shorter um yeah cat returns was an interesting one uh obviously last episode we talked about uh whisper of the heart which obviously cat returns is like we weren't totally sure at the time and now we obviously have a better understanding of what it meant to be a spiritual successor to that movie but 
yeah, we can definitely say now for sure that it's really very much just kind of a spiritual thing. Like, although I did surmise that the cat returns is like the writings of yeah uh, it, the main character from uh, yeah Whisper I, of Heart. I I guess that the, the confirmation we get is that the Baron says that this world exists as. Yeah, the create like were the creations that had like all the passion that went into certain creations exist here, and we get like souls or whatever. But yeah, um, all right. So aside from any like story stuff, I think the the thing that struck me f- first and the most about the cat returns was I felt that the animation quality was kind of lacking here Mm. in like a pretty big way like within the first couple minutes it was the first thing to get me was the character designs Mm -hmm. i felt was like these these characters don't look at all like ghibli yeah characters and not in a way that's kind of pleasing whereas like there's been a few ghibli films like only yesterday strayed a little bit from the norm but those character models still looked fine to me the thing that i said to my girlfriend as we were watching and she agreed i'm curious if you felt this too but i almost felt like i mean a lot of the characters were cats but at least for the main character uh what's her name haru haru yeah she her face fucking reminded me of like the full metal alchemist like character some of the character faces in full metal alchemist just the very kind of plain plain big round head like egg-shaped head and she had this awkward haircut i I don't know like she looks really odd to me a lot damn go off king a lot of drag her a lot of the humans looked just i don't know like again going back to um i just met mentioned only yesterday like that movie kind of kind of played with minimal yeah only yesterday fucks on the uh art side yeah so but but it it kind of like it handled minimalism mm -hmm. in the animation in a very pleasing way but cat returns felt a little too minimalistic, but in just a very boring kind of stripped down way. Like it didn't seem like there was a lot of depth or right. like warmth to any of the environments. Um, and it was also hard too, because like it wasn't the exact same areas necessarily, but like just seeing the Baron character in whisper of the heart, it's like, he looks 80,000 like that was 4k and this was like standard definition barren like he I don't know it it felt like there was a lot of weird decisions here with the animation or like they were lacking the budget to go deeper but that was like the big thing to me was at least just on like an aesthetic animation level uh, Cat Returns did not strike me i feel like this might be one of the ugliest uh ghibli i don't disagree with you i don't disagree uh with what you're saying art wise like 
character design, pretty much all of the uh, backgrounds, I don't disagree. Um, how did you feel about the actual story? Because yeah, while I was watching it, it felt very, it felt like a Disney sort of like fairy tale type thing. And like, not in the best way, just sort of, this was sort of like an afterthought. It didn't feel like a fully fleshed, fleshed yeah. out idea <clears throat> because I like, yeah. I like, like, I like the beginning of it after uh, Haru saves uh, who we find out is the Prince of Cats. And then there are all these cats like walking through her neighborhood and you have like these tuxedo cats uh, coming about. And then there's all these things popping up like the cat tails, um, all the cats bring uh, Haru like new field hockey sticks and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just thought this was going to be sort of cats taking over Haru in the real world. I didn't know that they would. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but them whisking her off like to this, um, like this weird faraway land of like cat city, I guess. And arranging this marriage. It was, it was fine, but I I just don't think all the parts were there. Yeah. I think, I think I definitely agree. And I hadn't really like, I guess thought about it in that way. But now that I think about it, now that you say that it's almost weird juxtaposing this to, uh, Totoro because Mm. Totoro almost felt like the fantastic secret world bleeding into the real world. And, and this was more, you see a little, like you said, you see a little bit of that at the beginning and, and that stuff I did, think was pretty cool and interesting with yeah the yeah the cat parade down the street and like and these cats kind of exist these fantastical cats kind of existing in her world and i did think that was pretty cool but i think it did lose some of the luster for me once she was fully taken away into the the cat kingdom and all that stuff it yeah, there, there, and maybe it really just comes down to. I maybe I could have been sold on that, but again, going back to the world building and the animation and stuff, like that whole kingdom just looked very flat and just kind mm. of unappealing to me to exist in in every way. So, like once they were really in that world, it, yeah, there, there was nothing about that world in terms of what we are expected to get from Ghibli world building. Uh, nothing. Sure. I, yeah, that I, I definitely, I think maybe wished that it had somehow stayed in the real world. Yeah. Stayed in the real yeah. world because that stuff did feel cute and whimsical. All the, yeah. Like the cats, cattails popping up and she's like running into these cats and like, she's a very kind of, you know, it's a it's a Ghibli character that we've seen before. That this kind of like girl that's always sort of like young kid who's kind of always like tripping over herself and yeah. But it it's fun and whimsical to like see her kind of having to juggle these cat people talking to her in the real world where there's like people who could like see maybe what's going on and she's like having to hide all that stuff but all that exactly all that goes all that tension goes away once she's in the fantasy 
Yeah, and world. I mean, I I also feel like it would have been a more creative and inventive choice had they had Haru slowly turn into a cat in the real world. Like maybe she's seeing aspects of herself like morph into a cat and no one else is seeing it. She's like fighting to hide it, that type of thing. Like let's say when the uh, when the ears sprout up, she starts wearing a hat or um, her whiskers uh, sprout up. She puts on like a little face mask or something. There could have been, you could have, I feel like had more of a, maybe not slapstick is the right word, but more mm-hmm. of like a funny, um, like, comedy of errors type situation where we've already seen that she's like sort of like you said tripping over things and she's sort of flighty and isn't all there she's not like present at all times and then after she saves this cat all these cats start um not tormenting her but trying to appease her to the detriment of her life to the detriment of her looking like sane or that she's all there so play on that instead of just taking her away and putting her in this world where now she has to marry the Prince of cats. And she like, I, I, I really think this movie <sighs> suffered by taking her out of the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, there's not really any interesting insights, uh, into the like, production process necessarily but i was just kind of curious if what me apparently this was supposed to be a short Mm. um and miyazaki had said that he wanted like because there was no real story i guess to start um and i guess miyazaki had said that he wanted the Baron to return the, the cat Muta and the antique shop. And I guess that was like just kind of the basis for this. I would have um, much rather the Baron return, but again, in the real world, he could yeah. be, he could do all the shit that he was doing in this movie, but in the real world, he could have been, I don't know. I, <sighs> yeah. I don't yeah. Know. It, yeah. So another thing I was thinking about was, um, I don't know. I I felt, I think I felt that, I don't know. There were some okay moments, but I I felt like plenty of okay moments. Well, but in terms of um, like the script in particular felt a little, I felt like this was not one of the strongest scripts we've seen on, on par, I would say with those Goro Miyazaki some of those Goro Miyazaki flicks. Yeah. Um, I you don't would know. Go, would you go as far as to say that only yesterday is stronger than this? Only yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, what 100%. about, um, what about, what's that Marnie one? When Marnie was here? When Marnie was here, would you say it's like, yeah. Strong? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 100%. And uh, what about um, my favorite? Ocean Waves? Yeah. I would say I, I, I liked Ocean Waves more than this. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um, I agree. Yeah. I'm going to have to really consider where exactly I, I want this. Here's in- another thing. 
another reason why this all should have taken place in the real world, I feel like, is because we get that cat at the end, the little white cat who uh, is sort of trying to get Haru out of there. And uh, it turns out that Haru spoke to this little white cat when she was a young child. I don't know. I feel like that could have played like you could have played on that a little bit more like. I didn't I didn't care for the reveal that she was the cat from Haru's childhood in this like oh yeah cat kingdom because then it's like well, what I don't get it ah <clears throat> yeah there I mean that's like again stuff with the script that I think was pretty just kind of it was like there was stuff that just felt a little lazy or underwhelming mm. or just sort of like. I don't know. And that was the other big thing that I kind of wanted to touch upon was I, I don't know, like maybe you can, maybe you have some insight here that I just didn't get from this, but again, at least comparing this to its quote unquote predecessor in, in so many words and in so many ways, but with, uh, whisper of the heart it's like th- that character in there like she has this very compelling um personal journey as a character mm-hmm. and with this girl uh what's her name again haru. haru like i don't really know what to make of her existence by the end of it like I, like what what she didn't really go on any journey i don't feel like yeah, I mean, like maybe she got a little. She feels a little more confident. Confident. I mean, I guess at the end she was like, "I don't need that boy." Yeah, anymore. Sure. But like, but, I don't I know. Mean, it's a little superficial. The only reason I feel like she didn't need that boy is because she was smitten with the Baron, and <laughs> yeah, the Baron is a fucking statue. He's not a real yeah. person or real entity. And That's why what I mean when I say like, have this all taken place in the real world. Had she been like tripping balls or something? I don't know. I feel like you can make the Baron into into someone else, or he could he could symbolize something else. Yeah, and it's. I feel like it's not great even for the character of the Baron, just because, like, again, comparing it to Whisper of the Heart, it's like that. uh, Our protagonist in whisper of the heart i'm forgetting her name but the baron in that story was literally just uh, a statue Mm -hmm. um there were there were no supernatural fantastical elements in that story except when she's imagining the story that she's writing but other than that this statue in whisper of the heart is able to uh chain like help push her her uh character along in all these interesting and you know compelling ways and i feel like in this story in cat returns the baron is literally a walking talking breathing person who does less for haru than he did as just a plain statue okay in, yeah um, i see that in the other one i mean he's a dashing yeah charismatic guy here obviously but like what does that really do for anyone at the end of the day other than it's just a fun little pulpy story i just feel like i wish it lived up more to i don't know the foundation that 
whisper of the whisper heart. of the heart. Yeah. It's it just maybe I'd be judging it differently if it wasn't connected to whisper of the heart. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I would be judging it way harsher if huh. it weren't connected to whisper of the heart. Like if it, it being weren't. connected to whisper of the heart, at least it makes me think, okay, this is a child's like short story. If I hadn't seen whisper of the heart first and I had watched this, I would, I would have just been like, what, what, are, what is this? I just don't know. Oh, but, okay. Cause, cause you're latching on more to yes, like, yeah, that theory. Maybe uh, it's not, yeah. maybe it's not that great because a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm living yeah. in that headspace. I don't know that I'm willing to give it that much credit, but well, I, I, mean, I appreciate, yeah. I, I appreciate the possibility. Well, it. I, it's just like ocean waves. I mean, I'm here for the possibility. I, I wish it, I, I wish we, I'd be more interested in that if it was like at the very beginning, there was Ooh, like, you see her writing it or, or something like that, or like a book on the, a shelf and mm -hmm. like, it kind of like zooms into the book or something. I, it's right. like some, something more yeah, uh, to tell me that this was the story that she wrote. Cause then I would be possibly more forgiving of it, but yeah i don't know um okay so yeah i can't remember do do we uh rank these at the end or do we do them we rank them at the yeah. end. okay well yeah cat returns can't say i have too many more thoughts mm. on it but an interesting little oddity i guess uh shizuki was the name of the female protagonist from mm, uh, of Whisper course of the Heart. shizuki how could yes. i forget um <laughs> All right, I guess uh, we're on to Totoro. Totoro, the the uh, the, the yes. mascot of Ghibli. Ghibli. So yeah, this was definitely one that I was super interested. Just because I mean, yeah, it literally Totoro is the most iconic Ghibli icon. Uh, of anything they ever put out <clears throat> so uh, it was interesting to i just wanted to source. say uh considering how iconic he is or how iconic totoro is i don't want to you know give him any pronouns mm. uh, you know very surprising how late in the movie he shows up or they show up i should say uh i was yeah. expecting like totoro to be all up in this like bitch like just, yeah i yeah, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect from this movie. Uh, but yeah, I, I was surprised by that too, I guess. Because um, yeah, this isn't... I mean, it's like a little under an hour and a half, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe just about an hour and a half. But yeah, I don't know. He probably doesn't show up, what, until like... Uh, like 30 <laughs> minutes in. 30, yeah. Yeah, um... But yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you want to start with high level thoughts or I can, yeah, I can go um, Okay. So as I was watching this, I was like, this movie, it doesn't give you a lot yeah. in the way of backstory for these characters. It essentially starts out with his father and his two daughters moving into like this new countryside home. And the two little girls are very precocious um, and they're running around like just um, sort of exploring their new house uh exploring like the surroundings of it all and you see like these little critters bouncing about and 
my main like thing while I was watching, well, first I was wondering like, are these critters like real? Are they, Mm -hmm. are they like spiders? What are they? Blah, blah, blah. And when you get the answer that like, it was weird only because you get the nanny or the granny character. Who's like, uh, Oh, those are, um, soot gremlins or whatever and then the dad he also says it i think you're just supposed to understand that in this world i don't know if it's the quote-unquote real world or this fantastical um other otherworldly place but there are spirits and i think that's just like a piece of japanese culture that us over here in the west we don't necessarily embrace uh the way that uh yeah they do in the east you know what i mean so the fact that these little girls are seeing these things, I, I was left wondering, like, are they real? Are they not? And seeing the way that the movie progresses and uh, especially the uh, younger daughter, May, her being the first one to really find uh, Totoro and interact with them. It took me by surprise because I thought, especially because of the... Uh, like the artwork, the uh, the poster of My Neighbor Totoro, I thought it was mostly going to be the, this is going to be like a story of the older daughter creating some type of um, spirit or imaginary friend, or she would be embraced by this thing after being afraid of like her house being haunted. And it wasn't that type of movie at all. Like I came into this movie thinking uh, Totoro was going to be some weird beast spirit that lived in the forest behind the house which i mean it technically is but it's so like not about that really mm-hmm. it's like totoro is sprinkled throughout like very minimally uh yeah yeah i i think um i definitely shared your initial kind of questions as uh we were watching it over here, my girlfriend and I, um, yeah, like, cause I, I mean, it's interesting when we're like ping ponging between all these different Ghibli films, because all of them treat the fantasy differently. Mm-hmm. And so you never quite know what you're going to get, you know, with something like one of the first things we watched, uh, Princess Mononoke, it's like, that's a whole yeah. fucking world that actually exists. Um, and that the characters are just in that world always. Um, and then other things, characters kind of dip into out of fantasy, things bl- bleeding into the real world. So for this, yeah, we were very much like the same stuff you were kind of the same questions you were kind of raising of like, oh yeah, can the like can the dad is the dad seeing this stuff? Is he not? Like, uh, is it just the girls? Cause yeah, when the the little daughter, the younger sister, my when she first sees Totoro, she like comes back and she's like, he's here. And then she's like running in circles through the, yeah, um, yeah. the, the, the brush. And it's like, okay, is it just all in her head? And then the older sister starts seeing it. Um, and then there's that really great scene where Totoro comes at night and they grow the, the yeah. little seedlings in that huge tree. And there's like a scene of the dad looking outside but you never see exact like you just kind of see his reaction and he kind of smiles and looks back at his papers. But like outside, there's like this 
thousand Massive foot tree. tree. Yeah. And it's like, is he literally seeing that? Or is he just kind of seeing his daughters dicking around Playing, in the yard, yeah. you know, like kids. Um, and, at, but at a certain point, I think like around the halfway mark, I was like, I don't think it's that type of movie. I think it's what this experience is supposed to be is you're just kind of supposed to let the whole thing just kind of wash over you. It's like, there, there's mm. no heavy plot here. There's no, right. um, this isn't a really hard world building kind of world like princess Mononoke or, um, ca uh, castle in the sky or something like that. Like, and then what I think for me, when everything really started to click was once you start to see the little girls kind of like coping with the mother in the hospital, that the whole yeah. thing kind of clicks into place. Now, more. tell me, did they mention the mother at all before they went to go visit her at the hospital? Because I was <laughs> under like, I'm only wondering because there. For for what I remember, uh, there wasn't any mention of the mother, period, before they went to go visit her. And they said, oh, we have to go visit mom, you know, and they went to the hospital and the mother was sick and all that stuff. Uh, so I like up until this point, I just assumed like the mom was dead or. I thought there was like somewhat early on. I thought there was mm. some uh, the dad said something like. Maybe after their first big day or whatever. Or after the they said they saw Totoro, the dad was like, "Oh well, sounds pretty exciting. You should like write write that on your postcard to mom or whatever." Mm, and I remember them like maybe. writing. I remember them writing something, and I thought there was a shot of the mom in the hospital reading. Yeah, maybe I just wasn't reading like, it. I, I yeah yeah. Maybe. So in my mind, there was definitely a few things that. I don't think we we never fully get the like full extent of like why exactly she's in the hospital. They like mention a cold, but it seems like it might be more than that. Yeah, in my um like digging of deeper meanings and shit, it turns out that uh, the mother has tuberculosis. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Miyazaki like um it was a sticking point for him because. I guess when he was a kid, his mother was ill uh, for mm. most of his childhood in, in the hospital or for like a good chunk of it. <clears throat> so he wanted yeah. to put that aspect in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think for me, it all started to click more once you, it becomes a little bit clearer, like kind of what's going on with the mom and like that, because I, you know, I never, I, I never had like a anything close to a one to one experience um, with a parent. These girls have. I never had to go live out in the countryside or whatever. But obviously, like, I think we all had childhood experiences where like you desperately want to crawl through a bush and hope that there's a fucking Ooh, yeah. like cool a ass world world behind it. Like I, I, I had so many of those thoughts and memories. So when you get that element of like just yeah. the, ch the, the pure childhood wonder of like getting to fuck around in like the woods and the nature around your house, but then that stacked on top of, 
you know, these girls are trying to like deal with this tragedy and you got this, um, this big kind of, Totoro is like an interesting concept as like a figure just because he doesn't say anything. No. But he's, you know, they kind of set him up as like he's sort of like a caretaker or like a protector of the place. Like, especially when you see him, like what I mentioned earlier, doing his little ritual with uh raising the the seed bed and it turns into the tree and then like i loved him like spinning that top and they all fly flying yeah yeah, fly up to the top of the tree and you get this stuff with like this cat bus that like is like his transportation system or something around the 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 countryside uh i don't know It, it was definitely an interesting experience that i wasn't Again, like I, I didn't really know what to expect, but yeah, like Totoro, he's kind of in and out. Like his total screen time is probably like five or ten minutes tops. I'd like, be shocked if it hit double digits. Like, yeah, it it's not, and that's the thing. That's what took me aback so much is that while this movie is titled My Neighbor Totoro, there's so very little Totoro in this movie. That I was yeah. sort of just like, well, where's the Totoro of it all? Like, I see the antics at night. I see them. Um, messing with him in the brush and everything. And it's just, I wanted more Totoro, you know? Mm. I, I was on board for more of a fantastical, because this is exactly what I wanted from The Cat Returns, where Totoro was in their world, you know? They're not going off anywhere. Totoro's interacting with the real world. He is, he's in the shit with them. And I mm-hmm. kind of wanted to see what that would be like. I wanted I, like when the little girl showed up mm-hmm. to when May showed up to um, Satsuki's uh, school and the granny was there and granny was like, oh, uh, May said like she wouldn't she she wanted to see you immediately. She wouldn't go home without you, blah, blah, blah. I was kind of expecting Totoro to be like right beside them, but granny couldn't see Totoro, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to I thought it was going to be like not like where the wild things are where mm. uh, Max goes off to like this other world and he's playing with all the wild things, but sort of the wild things coming to the real world. And like, they like bust through, not bust through, but they have to like crouch down and get through a door jam in order to uh, sit in the classroom. And you see Satsuki mm. like sitting far away from someone and they're like, Satsuki, why are you sitting so far away? And it's because Totoro's in, in between them. And she wants to leave enough room for Totoro. Something like that. I don't know. I enjoyed what, what it yeah. was, but I would have loved if they cranked it up just a little bit more and we could see more Totoro interacting with the real world. Yeah, for sure. I I, I mean, I don't I definitely don't disagree. Um, but I think it's at the same time, it's kind of hard. And it's probably maybe unfair to some degree just because, I mean, that was kind of how we, or at least how I prefaced this whole thing at the top was like, Totoro is like, he's the icon of Ghibli and like one of the most recognizable figures in animation. So it's like, I feel like with that knowledge going into my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, you're expecting so much more. Yeah, I think I, we were both, and my yeah. girlfriend too, like she had all these same 
thoughts as we were going on, she was very surprised at how little Totoro there was. And yeah, so if we saw this in a vacuum, you know, yeah, I'm sure we'd be able to judge it differently. But yeah, I did. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I guess if you're out there and you haven't seen it, I mean, how I would describe my neighbor Totoro is like a very, very low key very low key, not even family drama, but just little family slice of life, slice of life yeah. movie uh, about kids having fun in the countryside with a little, little teeny dash of fantasy. Yeah. Like just the tiniest dash of fantasy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought it was a, like, I feel like if I was a kid and I, and I watched this when I was younger, I feel like I could, I would have gotten like, Probably a pretty big kick out of. I, I feel like even though Totoro was in it so little, I feel like just that kind of promise of a big creature, fantastical creature, kind of like that might be hiding <laughs> in your backyard is yeah. is enough fantasy. I think for a lot of kids to kind of really run away with the thought of it. So for sure, uh, I definitely give this you know, a decent Higher marks, a decent amount of credit. I want to give it the credit okay. it deserves, but yeah, I, I would, this isn't like, well, I mean, we'll get into the rankings and everything, but I, sure. I, I liked it. Didn't, I didn't fall in love with it or anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, I pretty much agree with everything you said, especially when you're talking about having, having, had we watched this in a vacuum, I feel like our uh, review would be completely different, but because of all our preconceived notions, because of like the iconography of Totoro and the Studio Ghibli uh, logo and everything, mm-hmm. we were expecting a lot more from Totoro. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, that's that's not Ghibli's fault. You know, uh, it's our fault for not watching this sooner. You know, uh, what are you going to do? Sure. But uh, yeah, no, the movie itself it was fine. It was good. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not hating on it by any means. <clears throat> for sure um all right well i guess uh do we want to get into our definitive rankings if you will i feel like we have to okay all right um i just wanted to say before we go any further mm-hmm. this has to do with our other podcast okay. you know how we do our rankings during the finale of it's on Wasteland High, guys. Check it out if you haven't already. Shout mm-hmm. out. I don't know if the same five of you listen to this or the five that listen to that, but if not, you know, cross over, tap in. Uh, you know how we do our rankings at the finale? Yeah. So I've been a bit behind. I uploaded the season one finale where we did our rankings. And that episode, no, no listens whatsoever. But nice. the next episode, season two, like when Craig hit, that's like people are listening to that, but I'm worried that when we get to the finale of season two, they're not going to like understand the whole rankings of it all. Mm. So eh. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying like, please like listen to the rankings. The rankings are important. I, I feel like I should have put like in the title or something like plus De- Degrassi rankings or something like that. I mm. put it in the description. Uh, do you worry that people are not listening to the rankings uh, at the end of each episode here? Cause well, we, we could like at the end of it all, we could just do 
like a little debrief mini episode where we're just like, we call it Studio Ghibli tier list or whatever. I assumed we would do that. I'm not worried that people aren't listening to the ends where we're doing our rankings. I'm just worried that when it's all said and done, when we go through everything, that they won't listen to that because that's what happened with our other podcasts, Wasteland High. Hmm. They didn't listen to the episode where we did our rankings. So sure. I feel like they'll be lost come season two. I'm just saying, because that's where some of the great conversation happens. It's in those rankings. Hmm. We get into sure. it. We get in that nitty gritty. <laughs> uh, that being said, 100%. let's talk about it. Let's chop it up. All right. Uh, why don't we do the cat returns? Okay. Um, D. Okay. D um, for me. Cat Returns I, is a solid D. Yeah. I think... Yeah, that's good enough for me. I, I think I was like maybe possibly debating like very lowest C, but I think D is where it, it belongs. What else do we have in the D tier? Um, <laughs> The Cat Returns is, is joining the Goro Miyazaki joints. Um, from up, from on, up Poppy on Poppy Hill, Hill and Tales from Earthsea. Damn. In D. You hate to see it. Um, yeah, but okay. So there it's you have in D. it. There you have yeah. it, folks. Cat Returns, 2002. And remind me, where D. where did I rank um, Whisper to the Heart? Uh, Whisper of the Heart. B. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fall from grace. You hate to see it, but yeah, cat returns. It's in D. Mm-hmm. They earned it. All right, uh, Totoro, my neighbor Totoro. What do you What are you thinking? Ugh. I could I go. You, I could. Go I want t- you to go first. Go first. Yeah, you got to talk uh, it out. Convince okay. me of your your ranking. Ooh, convince me of yours. This is not a good one to to convince me because I'm a little on the fence about this one. I could well, talk it through. I think maybe my gut is telling me low B hmm. just out of like respect, but I could maybe be convinced of like high C. I was thinking high C, ecto cooler. That's a shout out to my uh, elder millennials, but I was thinking high C because of like our preconceived notions. I can't give it the B, you know? I don't want to go yeah. B because it didn't it didn't hit the mark for me. I think you're I think you're probably right. I, I think I feel better about it uh high C. Hmm. Um yeah, to me to me the C tier is not disrespectful. No, not at all. D we're we're throwing a little shade around. Yeah, I'm, like I'm, you could have done better. I disrespect D a little bit. Oh, but D is all about disrespect. C, yeah. Okay, so my neighbor Totoro, I think we're in agreement on this one. We're both. It's a high C. It's a high C. Had we seen, like, had we not been so bombarded with the iconography of the Ghibli logo for years and years, we would not be expecting so much from Totoro. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the first Ghibli movies there were. So, yeah. Look, I don't know where you were in 1988, but I was one. So mm. there wasn't much I could do about that. Plus, uh, we weren't getting too much anime in the West at that time. My parents, sure. they weren't jet setting over to Japan. 
I couldn't do anything about that. I saw it when I saw it. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Plus, I mean, I've seen so many dolls of Totoro. I've seen Mm, like plushies everywhere. It's not on me. All right. It's not my fault. Definitely. Definitely. Um, A few interesting things here. Uh, Shout them out. Just like looking at the list. um, No S's and no F's. Wow. I'm curious. So at this point, I mean, we're, we're like, I think this marks definitely our halfway point. Uh, I think. And that's crazy to me because maybe, I don't know. Did I put princess Mononoke in a or B? Uh, we both, that's a shared one. And that Mm -hmm. is in a, okay. We didn't split on that. Now. I don't know if we're, if we're doing the same thing here that we do with our Degrassi rankings where, we're allowed to change things. Yeah, we can't. But... Well, because I I did that last episode. I think mm, okay. I bumped. I think I bumped up. I bumped up Kiki's and Whisper, of, or maybe just Kiki's. I can't. Well, remember. I'm just saying. Depending on how much more I see of Ghibli, I'd be. I mean, I I would be comfortable moving Mononoke up to S. Not right now. I'm not saying do that now, but I yeah. could see moving it up to s after i've seen everything else he has to offer yeah i'm yeah i'm like yo mononoke was it but yeah i i don't know yeah it's it's definitely hard because looking at the list of things we have left the documentaries don't count but Mm -hmm. um so of what we have left i've seen two Mm. and i mean that's Howl's and what else? Oh, I'm sorry. I've seen three. Yeah, I've seen three. I've seen Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, and Grave of the Fireflies. Okay. Um, but Grave of the Fireflies is not on HBO Max. It's so yeah. We're we'll gonna to we're gonna have elsewhere. to we're gonna have to figure out an alternative for that. Um, okay. But yeah, so I have seen those three. I have some idea of well, Spirited Away. I have to completely rejudge because I literally saw that. I've seen it a few times, but it was back when I was young, like in the early 2000s. So mm. I, I can't really judge that. Grave of the Fireflies is fresher in my mind. Um, but like in terms of like what's left that I haven't seen, I, I don't know what's going to hit me of these, but I feel like they're judged on like what I hear like from people. I feel like there's only only a few options that could like really breach S like possibilities. Like, okay. I, I just well, don't, don't say what they are. Just like, I won't, I, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. say what they are, but I'm just saying like, at least in, in terms of what I feel like could potentially breach S. I, there, I don't think there's a lot left on, on the table, but well, I um, mean, outside of one, outside of what I've seen. Well, once, once we've seen everything, that's when we can yeah, like, yeah, yeah take another look at the rankings you know it is what it is 100 percent but uh yeah let's get into what we're picking next week i want you to go first my friend all right so i I already know what i'm picking but i want you to go first so there are we are actually going to be we're gonna have to figure something out because there's actually 11 films left plus the documentaries or what Sorry, yeah, there, there's 11 normal 
movies and then two documentaries. So there's still going to be an odd number. Huh. So I'm not sure what to do about that. Um, Damn, I counted nine. Okay, oh, so there's... Oh, okay, ten on here plus uh, Graves... Well, that, that's on here. So fire. it's Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo, The Wind Rises, The Secret World of Arietti, Earwig and the Witch, Pompaco, My my Neighbor the Yamadas, The Tale of Princess Kaguya, and Grave of the Fireflies. Those are the feature okay. films and then okay. the two documentaries. Okay. Um, All right. Well, on okay. one of those, like whenever we get to the very end... We're just going to have to review one by itself. Like, you know, we both come in what having watched just that one, whichever one that is. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay. So I think that I want to choose um, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Okay. Okay. I am adding that to my list right now. Tale of Princess Kaguya. I will be adding Ponyo. Oh, all right. There we go. This is actually the one that uh, my girlfriend is most excited about. We're going to be watching Ponyo. Woo! <laughs> all right. Uh, my I girlfriend's that, very excited about this. Yeah, she, I hope that got picked up on the mic. Yeah, she's uh, she's seen Ponyo, apparently. Um, uh, and, all and, I know, I think Tina Fey did the voice, did a voice oh, wow. on Ponyo. I, um, that's the only thing I know. Yeah, I know it's for little baby toddler kids. So mm. uh, I'm going to be judging this very harshly because I am a grown boy, uh, a grown man. Hey, Tina Fey is in this shit. I was right. All right. Nice. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, no, I'm, right. I'm hyped for that. Yeah, There, there you have it. Uh, yeah, so th- this is actually interesting. These are two of the most... Not the most recent, but Ponyo 2008 and The Tale of Princess Kaguya is actually Isayo Takahata's final film before he died. Shouts um, out to the king. So yeah, is, uh, Takahata was the second most prolific director uh, Until in, Miyazaki in Ghibli. got him bumped off. Uh, next to Miyazaki. So, all right, there you have it. Ponyo and The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Um, All right, guys, next week we'll be coming back at you with more Ghibli hot takes. Um, Nathaniel, do you have anything you want to plug? Mm, um, definitely. Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, The Rehearsal. Gotta watch it. Uh, this let this latest episode, it's going to be like a two parter, right? Because they didn't finish. Yeah, my girlfriend and I were talking about that. I, my, okay, so my, you know, listeners, feel free to go or you can stay and listen to this. But uh, my take after this episode was that I almost wonder if it's going to be just instead of being like, oh, this is part two and we're just continuing the same thing. I, my theory is that he's going to continue on with episodes as they go. And then this is going to be like his meta overarching. Yeah. This is going to be his meta thing where like, I'm going home at the end of the day and it's to this weird 
I like that husband situation. Like, I think it's going to be like an underlying thing on top of the new episodes. Okay. At least that's, that's what would make me the most excited if that happens. I don't hate that because I mean, they, they had alluded to the fact that there was going to be, um, several different iterations of this child at like different stages of the kid's life. And we only saw a baby. Yeah, you know? I mean, but before we got to that part in the episode, in my head, I'm like, this seems like, like, the, I saw that the episode was only like half an hour, and I'm like, mm-hmm. how, this is like a yeah. huge project, and then once it really starts spending time, a ton of airtime with that fucking guy, t- talking about Robin. His, his fucking, um, Scion. his Scion, um, yeah. I was like, what is this episode, like, what is this yeah. episode gonna become, but yeah, I mean, I I hope the rehearsal in general turns into this giant just meta thing rather than just like a straightforward yeah, series, but I mean, with Nathan being Nathan and all his fans just like glomming onto any new thing that he does, <laughs> I I feel like this is going to be huge. So, I'm looking forward to yeah. episode 3. It's going to drop next Friday. If you haven't watched it, it's on HBO Max. Also, Nathan for You is also on HBO Max, if you mm. didn't already know that. Yeah. So maybe you can sprinkle that in with the old GF. Yeah. Like, I definitely, you need to introduce her to Nathan for You. I, I know. I, I definitely want to convince her. Yeah, I got I to convince her. Just pop it, it on. Like, I know. Just pop it on. Like, if you don't have a set of handcuffs, get some and attach them to her wrist and the furnace. And then, yeah, just play it. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. it. You're right. You're right. <sighs> I'm always right. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, this has been Wasteland and Anime Pod. We will be back next week with more Ghibli takes, as I said previously. Until next time, we're out of here. Goodbye. Later.